Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this loaded Wednesday edition of the show. Kyle, we have a lot to get into, so let's get right into it. Kyle, how are we doing? It's Water Cooler Wednesday, Joe. Your favorite alliteration. I feel like you like this more than Takes on Takes. Uh, Water Cooler Wednesday, if you're not familiar, we adopted this, what would you say, in the offseason last year? At some point in the last three years, you know? In the last, some point in the last three years, it's a concept that we adopted in which we literally are just going to get on the podcast and just bullshit with each other like we're standing at the water cooler. And we're glad that you guys can be a part of it. We'll talk some football some football storylines. I personally want to talk about this cat backpack I'm looking at, looking at right now, but I don't want to get on too big of a tangent, so I'm going to kick it back to you. A cat backpack? Cat backpack. Okay, well, you've brought it up. We've got. I need to know what you're talking about. It's the, quote, perfect way to take your kitty anywhere. I'm going to send you a DM right now. What? It looks like it's a spaceship. Why are you? Why have you seen this? It's it's a Facebook advertisement. Oh my god! It's just through my feed. This is this. Oh my god! This. <laughs> last time you did this, it was that uh, that cat uh, gr- like gravy dispenser, and when you poured it, like <laughs> oh yeah, it looked like the cat was throwing up. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. I need one of those too. See, but this is literally like a it. It's a backpack that zips up, and it's got holes on the sides and like holes on the front. And the whole face of the backpack is just like this clear. It looks like a cockpit, and you put your cat in the backpack and you walk around with your your cat sitting in the backpack. On would your you do this? Would you put Logan in that? I would definitely put Logan in this. No, would question. he want to be in that? <laughs> Probably not, but. I, I was literally just scrolling through it and I said, holy shit. <laughs> this is something that's perfect to talk about at the water cooler. And here we are. Well, that uh, I'm not a cat guy. I don't have a cat, but uh, you can put Nacho in there. I could. And he would love that. He would. You 100- think he would? Oh, yeah. Nacho is always down to like go places and hang out. So he'd, he'd really enjoy that. I, that's actually now that it opens up the possibility of it being something I could actually use. Perfect. Uh, Kyle, I put a, I put something on Twitter uh, this morning. I said, thinking about thinking ahead to the 2019 NFL season, is there any division where it's not that much of a stretch to believe that any of the four teams can win it? Um, like, just think AFC AFC East, the Dolphins, Jets, Bills. Nobody's no, winning that besides the Patriots, right? Right. Although and, uh, Jets fans will try and tell you otherwise. Right. Well, we, we sat here and said they could win 11 games if they achieved every bit of success that they possibly could this year. So Correct. Yeah. But I, it's a stretch to think that any of the teams could win it. Correct. Miami and its rebuild. Josh or, uh, The Bills with so many new pieces right this year. You were going to throw Josh Allen under the bus there, weren't you? You started to say Buffalo uh, Bills and Josh Allen. 
and Josh Allen in year two, but with so many new pieces, right? Oh, that's okay. yeah. that's my caveat. I'm a reasonable Bet. person. Bet. So looking through the mentions, the responses to this, over 60 people have replied. Seems like, gonna, can I guess? Can I guess? Can sure. I guess? Sure. I, 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 two. Okay. I would guess the AFC South probably got some love and yeah. the NFC North probably got some love. It did, even though I'm not putting Detroit. I don't think Detroit has a chance to win that division. No, neither do I, but I was, those were the two that I was like, I could, I could make a case for three out of four. The one that I struggle with is the NFC South. Because Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch for Carolina. But Tampa Bay, can that defense come together quick enough in 2019 with so many young players to put them in that conversation? I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I think I think that team will play inspired this year. I think this team will overachieve, but I don't think it's very realistic to speculate that they will beat the New Orleans Saints for the division title. And the NFC North, Cincinnati's not in the conversation, right? You mean the AFC North? AFC North, yeah. Yeah, get the hell out. No way. Does Cincinnati have a better chance of winning the AFC North than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a better chance of winning the NFC South? No, they don't. Wow. Do you disagree? The reason I would – and I got myself in trouble with Cincinnati last year. But yeah. I, I think that – I think it's um, – I think it's an easier course. I think the Saints are really yeah, good. I think yeah, Atlanta's yeah, really good. But to win either one of those divisions, you're going to need – well, I guess to win the AFC North, you probably need what? 11 wins will probably get the job done this year? Yeah, yeah. Because Baltimore, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland will be they'll be good teams. They'll win eight, nine, ten games each, right? Like they could certainly challenge for that many wins. Right. But Cincinnati – I just don't think they're very good. No, I don't disagree with you. It's, you see, they signed John Jerry yesterday. It's on brand, very on brand for. Uh, for you sit here and play John Jerry and Bobby Fart next to each other on the right side of the offensive lines. Crazy. It really Actually, should you know, be. Joan is going to play at right tackle. I think he's playing left tackle. Oh, really? They already declared that he's playing left tackle. Cody Glenn's so kicking, kicking over to guard. So, so you could get John Jerry and Bobby Fart playing next to each other. I mean, not if you're smart, but to me, the the Bengals offensive line. You wouldn't have signed either one of these. Right, I get that. But so you try to sort this offensive line out, right? You got Jonah at left tackle, and and then you have Clint Bowling, Billy Price, and then you need to sort out the other spot between John Miller, John Jerry, Christian Westerman, uh, Corey Glenn. I don't know, man. And then your right tackle is going to be freaking Bobby Hart. Why are you not putting Cordy Glenn at right tackle? That's a great question, especially if you're going to force him to switch sides of the offensive line anyway. Right, because Clint Bowling and Billy Price, those are locks, right? Those are locks. And Bowling's not able to flip over? To guard, maybe. I'm not playing him at tackle. I'm not asking him to play tackle. I'm asking him to play right guard instead of left guard. That's fine, but you're still – to me, you still have – between Cordy Glenn, Christian Westerman, John Jerry, John Miller, Alex Redman, all those guys are competing for one spot. Meanwhile, your right tackle is Bobby Hart. Yeah, Bobby Hart's probably the second worst offensive lineman that we've mentioned so far. <laughs> but he's a starting right tackle. Yeah, it's wild. I get, your best five on, get your best five on the field. Just put Cordy Glenn at right tackle. If you're moving, like you said, if you're moving positions, play him at right tackle. Or 
I mean, we've seen we have seen some offensive lines that have had a bad player and still have successful seasons, right? Like it's almost impossible that you're going to get five all pros or five Pro Bowl players on your offensive line. So it's okay to have a disparity in talent. And if the Bengals wanted to put Gordy Glenn at left guard, so then you've got Jonah, Cordy, uh, Billy Price, and then um, Bol- Clint Bowling, right? Yeah. At right guard, that's a pretty solid front four. I'd feel okay about that that portion of the offensive line, and then you just know we're going to have to leave our tight end. Maybe that's why they drafted Drew Sample. They're going to leave him in on pass protection <laughs> and help Bobby Hart fifty uh, percent of the snaps. I don't know. Did you sign John Miller to a three-year, sixteen and a half million dollar deal for him to not start? Jeez, Louise. That's what I'm saying, dude. Here's another question. You mentioned that. Teams get by with one weak link on the offensive line. If you had to pick which spot your shit offensive lineman is going to be, where is it going to be? Right guard. Right. That's so. That's that's, that's not right Jerry, tackle. That's, that's how John Jerry's been able to start over a hundred games in the NFL. <laughs> but not right tackle. No. I, I, ideally, you don't want the guy on the edge to be terrible. right. Right guard is the spot. Kyle, I have a question for you. I got an answer for you. I hope. I think. What's your personal policy on when you open a loaf of bread? What do you do with that twist tie? Do you put it back on there, or you uh, you uh, 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 fold it and tuck underneath and throw the twist tie out? I'm assuming there's a right and wrong answer here, isn't there? Well, I've is noticed. There, is there conflict? Is there conflict in your household or or amongst other people? I feel like anybody that I've cohabitated with in my life. That this would be part of our routine. I feel like I've always been different than whatever that person's done. So I'm wondering if I'm over here on an island with what I do with the bread after I've opened it for the first time. Well, there's a third alternative that you haven't acknowledged yet. And I only recently found out this is a thing you can do. There's a third. What are you doing? Are you putting it in another container? No. (laughs) That's too much work for a loaf of bread, brother. Yeah, leave it in the packaging it came in. Okay. As far as the, I, I was raised to reuse the twist tie. Okay, so that's that's how I have done it. But recently, you had said spin the bag and fold it under. Yeah. Did you realize that you can spin the bag and then push the bread into the top of the bag, and it'll stay sealed better that way? I don't understand what you just said. Like turn the turn the top portion of the bag that's beyond where you twisted inside out, and put the bread in the middle. I, I pull pull the bag back over top of the bread. Oh, yes. Really? I've never thought neither, of that. It'll, yeah, I know. Neither had I, but I, I only recently found out this with this thing, but apparently it maintains the integrity of the, the seal better because it's not, it won't slowly unravel because it's evenly dispersed all the way around. But that goes, is the goal here, the maintaining the integrity of the seal, or is it going to be whatever the, Least amount of work you can do is to get an okay, okay result. Bread to be fresh, which I agree with. With pizza, people that put the pizza box in the refrigerator and not in Tupperware, those are monsters. You have got to put that in Tupperware, and you can't be getting air onto your your leftover pizza, getting it all stale. You like colder or warm pizza better? It's I, I don't care. 
I'm do good with have, both. You don't have a preference either way? I, I like, like cold pizza better. I like cold pizza the next day. I like warm pizza when I get it. That's a good answer. <laughs> Just don't show up <laughs> delivering in my house with cold pizza, right? Right. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Never deliver me a cold pizza, but I'm fine with it the next day. But here's the deal. There are people that exist that just put the box. They're like, oh, they had three pieces. There's four left or whatever. They just put it in the fridge in the box. Yeah, I know. Monsters. common up here where I come from. Oh, is this something that happens in your house? First of all, I couldn't imagine you ordering a pizza. Well, yeah, we don't. But right. like back in the college days, yeah. yeah, there were boxes of pizza in our fridge probably three or four nights a week. If you're going to do that, why wouldn't you just like put it in the oven and then just like turn the oven on and then pull it out after a couple minutes? Warm it up. You can't put a cardboard box in the oven. I'm not talking about the box. I'm just saying put the pizza slices on the the tray. Just put it in Tupperware. Tupperware? Yeah, you got it. When you're done with the pizza. You're a big Tupperware guy though, aren't you? I'm not saying I'm a big Tupperware guy. I'm a big fan of putting pizza in Tupperware after I – I'm done with it. Okay. Let's get, let's get another football topic in because I want to talk about Michael Pierce. Oh, boy. Is this a – yeah, okay. So I only saw this like right before we started recording, Joe, but John Harbaugh kicked Michael Pierce out of Ravens practice today. I, th- I assume it was today. It's, it's a story as of today. But John Harbaugh kicked Michael Pierce off because he said, quote, I think you could tell – He's not ready for that practice today. Too much pizza. Listen, I get it's the off season, and I do not want to be that guy that's going to sit here and like shame athletes for being human beings in the off season, right? I don't want to do that because you have every luxury over the course of the next couple of months to get yourself back into shape. So I get it. But when your listed weight is 340, you probably have a little less wiggle room to not do anything than, say, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who showed up at, at Dolphins minicamp on April 1st, and everybody lost their minds because they're like, oh, Fitzpatrick got chubby. Well, it's like, yeah, dude, he, he said he had like six family birthdays in a six-week stretch. He said he was eating birthday cake like twice a day for three weeks. And if you looked at him now, you wouldn't know and you'd be none the wiser. So I just – I thought this was – because like it's not even like they did a conditioning test and he failed the conditioning test. Harwell just told him get out of here. I'd never even heard of that before. <laughs> well, first of all, can we mention that Michael Pierce is one of the elite run defending defensive tackles in the NFL? He's extremely good well, at what like, he does. He's elite at yeah. defending the run. I mean, now he's huge, so like you don't need to be four hundred pounds. Three hundred and forty pounds is plenty of weight. But yeah, I mean. You got to keep that under control somehow, right? Like, he, I mean, it's, at some point, it's not healthy for you to be out there. Right. And that's what Harbaugh said. He said for his safety, he's, he's, you, he's not ready to be out here. <laughs> so it wasn't appropriate for him to be out here. I'm just trying to think of an instance ever that I can ever remember that being the situation where there was no like fail conditioning test. Or it was like Harbaugh just gave him the eye test and said, no, I'll get back and <laughs> get out of here. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, on one hand, he really does need to be out there moving around, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's just uh, not going to work out. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know of any other examples. I mean, there obviously Kelvin Benjamin, Alshon Jeffrey had his pudgy moments, Eddie Lacy, Preston Brown. There's some guys and, out there. And again, like, I don't want to be that guy that harps on, you know, guys being out of shape in the offseason. That's why it's the offseason. But at the same time, it was just, it was such a peculiar incident for me and like, Pierce is, he's, you're an odd front defensive lineman. Like, I don't know how your lifestyle changes all that much where we get to that point where he's got to essentially send you back inside, you know? Hey, are you coming to Tampa, Joe? Am I coming to Tampa? Yeah, you want to come to Tampa for Dolphins and Bucks practices? No. Why not? <laughs> what, what is that? They're having joint practices on uh, August 13th and 14th. It's a Tuesday and Wednesday. And then uh, they play the preseason game on the 16th. You know, the Bills and the Panthers are doing that this year. I'm a big fan of joint practices. Me too. Because we haven't played football for a really long time, right? And we didn't play at a very high level at our peaks. We didn't get to the NFL. Let's just call a spade a spade. But I remember what it was like having two-a-days back in the day and thinking about NFL training camps. And going against the same guys who you're supposed to be on the same team with twice or three times a day, every single day for two weeks, you get to the end of that two weeks, and I want to punch that guy in the face so freaking bad. So to get a fresh look, to hit somebody else, to have an opportunity to measure yourself against somebody who isn't just the guy who happens to be on the roster across positions from you on your own team, I think it's a really valuable mental break for the players, and I think it's a really valuable evaluation tool for the teams. So there, you said that the game's what, the 16th, you said? Yes. Yeah, the Bills and Panthers are doing the exact same thing. Their game's the 16th as well. So I guess we're out then. Well, you know, I think I'll be enjoying that here in, uh, in the Charlotte area with my favorite team and uh, my wife's favorite team. That's fine. Me and uh, JC will get together, hang out. And, and Thomas said hi. Go harass Trevor, you know, Trevor yeah. Big Bucks guy. We'll we'll throw some shade and we'll watch the game and uh, have a good time without you. Hope yeah. you get a little FOMO along the way. Nah, you get FOMO watching uh, better football teams. Better football teams. Yeah, the Bills and Panthers are better than the Dolphins and Bucks. Joe. Kyle. Joe, listen, Florida's a hotbed of football town, okay? I know. In August, it's going to be hell out there. 110 no, degrees. I mean, a hotbed of talent. It's where well, yeah. all the talent comes from, the football players. Yeah, I agree. Florida, Texas. Florida. Yeah. Neither one, of those are, neither one of those are Buffalo or Carolina. Yeah, but it's the NFL. It's, these are players oh, that are drafted okay. into situations. They're not <laughs> indigenous to those areas. Dude. That was a bad point. <laughs> I was sitting here waiting for the light bulb to go on, and it's just – I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, no, he's really going to try to play this card. Okay, well, no, that's I not mean, a great card know. to play because it doesn't make I sense. Did. I, did. Yeah. I don't Kyle, care. Kyle, who's the best player you've watched on film this week? Oh, that's a great question. Let me assess. Because I had a day, brother. I had a day yesterday. I did um, Lavisca Chenault, Jonathan Taylor, and Tyler Biadas yesterday. You want to have yourself a good a good day? Spend so, spend time with those three guys. So Biadas is oh, the best player you watch. Then. He's an ass kicker. 
I know. And he's so smart. I know. Um, he's got that watch. Yeah, he. I'm thinking he had that hip thing, right? He had hip surgery after the season to quote unquote clean up some issues with his hip, and it kept him out of like spring. So hopefully that's all good to go, and he just kicks ass all year this year. But man, he's if he was healthy. Oh, top fifteen. Last year he would have been the he would have been top top interior offensive lineman on the board. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no question. Better than Bradbury. Lindstrom, Lindstrom was the first drafter, right? Lindstrom, yep. Um, Lindstrom went fourteen. Yeah, he'd have been better. He's better than Lindstrom, like right now. And he was a redshirt sophomore last right. year. Right, twenty-seven bonkers. He's twenty-seven consecutive starts at center. Man, he's freaking good. Chenault's good too, man. But he had surgery for a freaking turf toe this off season. Yeah, that's scary. I need to, wide receivers in their feet, man. I hate when that when you start hearing stuff like that. And listen, I'm I'm not surprised that you like Lavisca because you like Sammy Watkins, and because he is Sammy like Watkins. Some very strong parallels to Sammy Watkins at Clemson. Well, it was so weird, and I, I this is the like you know I love Sammy Watkins. The thing that's been so confusing for me about Sammy Watkins is in college that dude was so freaking good after the catch, and part of that might have been just that Buffalo ruined him, and they didn't give him chances to really be an after the catch guy, but. Why has that not been a bigger part of what he's done in the NFL? It's a great question. Because Lavisca Chanel, I mean, very similar athletic profiles. The way they're they're the way they move, the way they win at that point in their career. But for some reason, Sammy Watkins just like not a guy that they give quick touches to to create after the catch when he was unbelievably dynamic in that capacity at Clemson. All right, listen, I need to amend my situation. Okay. The best player that I've watched this week is um, – what the hell's his name? Oh, Christian Fulton, corner from LSU. Okay. Uh, he he was better than Greedy last year. I can say with confidence, better than Greedy last year. What's your favorite thing about him? Uh, how fluid he is for his size. He's, I mean, he's another one of these big, long guys. But he's he's very smooth in open space, and he's got good transitional quickness. He's not like elite foot speed, click and close, but he's long. He's got great ball skills, uh, and he's not afraid to tackle. That was something that really stood out versus Greedy, and we knew that hurt Greedy. But Fulton came in and like, he had been suspended for all of 2017 for uh, tampering with an NCAA uh, drug test. Mm. And he thought it was for recreational drugs, but it was a PED test. And he had apparently had recreational drugs that he was going to test positive for. So he was trying to like dilute the sample or something. They caught him and they said, oh, well, you're tampering with a, a PED test, two-year suspension. And like right before the season last year, they let him off the hook and let him play last year. And he's phenomenal. And I thought he got better and better as the year went on. So Fulton, uh, to me, stands out of the teams that I've watched. Although I do want to also give some love to uh, watch Vanderbilt offense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a fun football player. Running back? Yes. Yeah, he had 1,200 yards last year and 12 rushing touchdowns. 
They got a receiver too there. Lipscomb, is he anything to watch? Yeah, Kalijah Lipscomb Lipscomb's actually pretty good. He reminds me, he's got some uh Marquise Lee in his game. Whoa. As far as like his quickness and not super physical, but his quickness and, and how crisp the top of his route breaks are. Uh kind of mirrored. I, I saw some some just some visual parallels to what you get from Marquise Lee these days. So so Van- Vanderbilt has a quarterback, a tight end, a wide receiver, and a running back. Yeah, it was a good, good, good pick in the Twitch draft. <laughs> what in the world? You ever said that about Vanderbilt? <laughs> like- no, no, listen. And I had somebody accuse me. Somebody's real, real mad. I had uh, Florida and Tennessee fans big mad at me because I said Riley Neal was the uh, third best quarterback prospect for 2020 in the SEC. I saw that on Twitter. And when you said that, I was trying to figure out if that was even a hot take. It's not. I don't think it for is. The, for the homers, it is. I'm like, who, who, who honestly has the biggest case to be upset there? Texas A&M fans? Yeah, I got kickback for Kellen Mond. I got kickback for Felipe Franks. And I no. got kickback for Garantano. I mean, I haven't done any work on Riley Neal, so I need to do that before I can join this conversation. But all of those guys are not very exciting prospects. Right. And Neal's got a live arm. He's athletic. He's got a live arm. He makes... He makes... I don't want to say some dumb decisions, but he makes a handful of throws that he's got no business making. He just needs more consistency as far as decision-making. But from a tools perspective... He's athletic. He's got a live arm. He gets good zip on the ball when he's willing to move. He throws really accurately inside of 10 yards. He throws fairly accurately inside of 20 yards. And he needs touch on his deep balls. But he's got the arm strength to do it. Can he move? Yeah, he can run. He's got great size too, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I don't know about great size. He's a little. He looks a little lean. No, my nice. producer's on it. Leave him alone. 6'5", 218. Yeah, he's a little lean. 6'5", 218. Uh, actually, he's listed at 225 for Ball State in last year. Oh, well, maybe he bulked up a little bit. Yeah, 218 this was production, This production's weird, and, and the Tennessee guy that was mad at me was like, if you just didn't look at the box score like an <laughs> idiot right. and actually watch the tape, it's like, first of all, dude, my name is grinding the tape. Second of all, Riley Neal had 11 touchdowns last year. And fifty-eight percent completion. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what maybe if he was looking at the box reading. score. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what box score you're reading. And he also punted three times last year. Had oh. over forty-yard average on his punts. Daniel Jones also a very yeah. good pooch punter. So you big time. You never check that enough boxes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no such thing as too many boxes. If you're an elite pooch punter, it blows hey, your stock up fifty. It helps, helps your value for sure. <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed the water cooler pretty casual conversation we had a wide wide span of topics covered today we talked about cat backpacks <laughs> and uh sec quarterbacks and the best players that we've watched uh, this Twi- past week twist ties cold pizza twist ties and cold pizza if you put the box in the fridge so yeah you know good time Hope you guys enjoyed. Come back tomorrow. We promise it will not be Water Cooler Wednesday because it won't be Wednesday. We'll have to come up with something else to talk about. But uh, Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.